He'll be your main by next week. Yeah, we'll see. All right, cool. So, um, I mean, there's it's it's kind of been a slow week. I mean, unless we want to talk about other people playing preview footage of Borderlands Three, which sounds oh, boring. Exactly. No, <laughs> no. All right, well, I think we've started the podcast. Um, <laughs> good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> Uh, good morning, everyone. It's John, it's me, Johnny Sun, and Lynn Manuel Miranda. God damn. Um, I'm Trevor Strong Kegelbunt on Twitter, and we are back to patch notes, recording on its normal night for the first time in quite a while. Uh, and I'm here with John Bernhard, JB Cryon Bernhard himself. Hey, uh, hello, John. What's up? Not much. <laughs> as well as uh, Olivia, our after dark friend and uh just our, our friend in general uh <laughs> live how are you doing great i'm glad i've been bumped up to friend general not to friend general specific. friend yeah. i always think about um so the 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 woman who does the no cartridge twitter uh xeno um xeno lalia her uh her profile i always think about with friend is uh her profile is Talia, 23, renowned curator, tastemaker, smuggler, explorer, dumbass, friend. <laughs> I've always really liked a lot. Um, I think I do uh, primarily identify as friend. Yeah, I can. I, I identify as friend. I, I like that. I like that that um, bio because it's like the the polar negiverse opposite of those like. Uh, author husband father amateur historian uh (laughs) bourbon lover you know those conservative dad accounts that are always harassing young women yeah (laughs) despite being married with with daughters that's the that's one that's the perfect time to harass uh women if you ask uh, most people on twitter um but uh let's talk about um not all the stuff happening in philadelphia we're not a politics podcast but there's a lot of uh that's going to be a story that's going to unfold. Um, the oh. uh, police shootings in in uh, Philadelphia tonight, pretty pretty interesting stuff, pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> but we're here to talk about video games, a different kind of shooting and a different kind of cops. Jesus. Um, <laughs> let's start with the. Let's start since we're starting political. Um, Ubisoft has said that a uh, recent Kotaku article by Steven Totilo uh, uh, reports that an Ubisoft VP. Um, has said that uh, I mean this is this is like a, a, a is it, back and an forth like an interview right? yeah 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 I was I had I had read it wrong I'm sorry but it is an interview and um, basically the Ubisoft VP says uh, yeah we we aren't we haven't gone far enough we need to be more political it's, um, John I, yeah how did how would you describe this I forget if this was in the recorded portion or not um, it's it's uh, it's breathtaking I mean this guy they, there's a picture of this guy I think about third of the way down the article and he's dressed like you know is it him uh, in front of the watchdogs yeah, yeah, that's thing him. Yeah. and it's like no matter how these guys dress though he, he could be you know shaved with the with the mad men haircut and a suit and he'd be saying the exact same things this is this is a pr guys pr interview <laughs> it's actually kind of um 
noteworthy, tribute-worthy, in the way that he that he double speaks his way all around. Because of course, at the top, he talks about how they want how they want to be more political, how they want how they want to more deeply engage with the politics. And frankly, all of Ubisoft's we've talked about this before. All of Ubisoft's games are based around politics. All their big franchises, um, Assassin's sure. Creed, mines political history and makes political decisions about that history. Um, for each one of its installments, Watch Dogs, of course, is a cutting-edge, modern-day version of Assassin's Creed that is always talking about the politics of technology uh, and surveillance. Uh, and then that their the, their entire other suite of games is the Tom Clancy series, and, <laughs> right? Which is sure. about international warfare and you know police state <laughs> actions, and you know they, they they make their money from politics. By taking games and using politics to sell those games, um, if the division was a sci-fi shooter, um, like say if the division was just you know off in you know on a, on the moon or something in the far future, you know Destiny basically, you'd have to compete in that market. But it competes in a different genre market, um, and it does different genre things than Destiny does. Uh, uh, despite requiring most of the same time investment, having many of the same loot type mechanics um, uh, or at least the same ideas and structures behind them even if the mechanics themselves differ uh, the, this, these are games that are inseparable from the political moments that they describe or postulate um, mm -hmm. okay so you know it, to have someone from the studio that made uh, uh, which was uh, it's the, the one in Bolivia Ghost Recon Wildlands um, which caused a diplomatic incident. Sure. Uh, the the country of Bolivia was not pleased with that game and let France know about it. Um, to have him talk about um, how much more they want to do with politics in their game and then have the reporter bring up, all right, so what about the time that you put out a game that said that a sovereign state was run by drug cartel lords and it was fine to kill them all? Uh, and he says, well, and then it's, well, you know, you have to look at what the game is saying, and, you know, then we, <laughs> when we start talking about, oh, it's gameplay first, you can't judge it on the politics, and, you know, uh, we're, we're now, we are now far removed from the idea of uh, there need to be more politics in this game. Yeah, I think that my favorite thing in here is, um, is him saying, uh, first time I voted, I think I was a stupid voter. Because I voted out of ideology, education, what I thought I knew, and legacy of family. Oh, this is this is where he starts talking about iterating his vote. Is this that yeah, part? What I like about that a lot is that um, Totillo says, like, to my ears, those sound like really good reasons to vote for things. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah, that's those are totally reasonable things to vote on. Uh, ideology and personal history and like issues and stuff. But uh, right. he, he disagrees. Went, he went from being a voter who voted on his priority to a voter who voted based on what he thought other people voted on. He it rocks. that kind of person. <laughs> um, it's, you know, simply, it's simply rocks. And those people That's are, 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 are utterly poisonous. And frankly, they compose a lot of the... Because this is the way that um, our media, our political media, wants voters to think about things. They want voters to vote not for what they want, but what they think everybody else wants. Because Are you sure you didn't mean to say wants. that it rocks and is cool? Yeah, I did because we don't have any. <laughs> we don't have any. Um, wait, do we have advertisers? 
Uh, not yet. Um, yeah, okay. We're working on that. Currently, but, uh, we have no one to piss off. <laughs> well, that wouldn't make any of our any of the 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 potential advertisers angry. I think most of those like the like the time when a uh, a sports betting website was going to advertise on here. That was the kibosh was put on that even before it was offered to me. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, yeah, I think um, I think this is really interesting in terms of politics and games, actually. Liv, I wanted to ask you about this. Um, like, where do you fall on politics and games? How do you understand them, like, work? Or not how do you understand them, but how would you want them to work in an ideal world? Mm, I think that I play different games than these ones that don't want to be seen as apolitical or whatever, where I tend to only play games that know they are po- that everything is political, and uh-huh. you might as well say something... Uh, you might as well say something with it. Except for Overwatch. Overwatch does absolutely nothing. Overwatch is Overwatch <laughs> is like frustratingly does nothing. Yeah, it's about like an international police force and it, it truly does nothing with that. It, like it, but they're it has all nothing like, to say. They're all like going through uh like the the, the, the 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 hunger games or whatever with each other, like all the cops killing each other. Is like I, I Overwatch, Overwatch's gameplay mode just makes no sense to me compared to what the what the story is supposed to be. Well, whenever you put it that way, like Hunger Game with cops, it makes it sound better. It makes it sound <laughs> like they're saying something. Now Liv's excited about the game again. You've, you've really you've uh, done something to retrieve Overwatch. Game from... of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Overwatch. <laughs> I, I sort of do want this guy's name is Tommy Francois. Um, I sort of do want to to evaluate his core. Um, idea that he gives probably the most interesting idea he gives and I don't want to to confuse interesting with good here but it is the most interesting idea he puts out and it's this sentence video games he argued could function like simulations to make people smarter voters I'm trying to imagine Um, the sort of the sort of voter (laughs) that becomes what sort of voter comes out the other side of playing the Assassin's Creed franchise, or the Ghost Recon franchise, or any of the Tom Clancy games. Uh, I'm it's trying amazing. to imagine the voter that those, assuming that that is a that proposition is valid, that you can create a game that makes that uh, that iterates. He uses the word iterates for his children's votes. That iterates on a on a, a given voter. Um, assuming that's possible, does does Ubisoft think that their games do this? And does this sound like anything that games should be doing in the first place? Um, I... Because it's... I mean... Because I'll be honest, it sounds like boardroom bullshit. sounds like something that sounds good in an an executive presentation that bears no no resemblance to anything that'll ever happen in reality. But if it it did bear resemblance to something that happened in reality, I think it should be outlawed. (laughs) It sounds bad. It's not like he's saying, we hope that people play this game and have some new outlook on the world about how they interact with people, about their goals. It's like, no, we want it to have this measurable um, outcome in the world by voting for a certain candidate. Yeah, yeah, that's a little strange. It sounds it sounds like it's almost sounds like a threat more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like... What's interesting about it is it's so... I uh, oppose to what what you usually hear from these devs, which is that like politics doesn't exist, and that games can't ever impact somebody. And this is of course you, this is of course the Ubisoft problem too, yeah. where like they've said like oh you know the 
Division two isn't political. Like that, we're not making a political game. Yeah. Um, a a a claim almost as ridiculous as um, the anthem. Like this game is not going to get memed. Uh, claim. Well, right? yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's less ridiculous than that because you know you, you knew what the outcome was going to be when they say this game is unmemeable. Um, I mean, they were sort of right. Anthem fell off so quickly that it wasn't like people really cared enough to meme it. Anthem um, low-key fell off, is what I, I, I feel like. I mean, the game's basically dead. It was supposed to have ongoing story content. I'm, just, I'm, but... just, I'm just making a dumb joke. Oh. Anthem, Anthem is, like, way, way dead. Um, yeah, no, it's... Um, it's really weird, the way, that, the way that this is discussed. The way that he is discussing this. Like, it kind of, like, freaks me out to imagine someone who seriously believes video games can, like, I don't know, speak to issues or like oh god this is these guys are the far cry people too yeah like holy shit (laughs) yeah i don't i don't like this at all Um, i mean and i i think there's a there's a a fig leaf here where i I don't think he actually believes anything he's saying here i don't believe sure i don't believe that you know he's i mean I, i i i do believe his his thoughts about it voting and that his voting was stupid and that he's learned to be better at voting. And I don't think he has actually learned to be better at voting. I suspect he has not done that. Voting um, voting is a skill you can get better at by yeah, practicing. Um, I suspect he's stopped voting. He, he's found ways to justify voting for people that the original version of him, before he became a vice president of a large multinational corporation, would have found aberrant. Um, okay, before we move on from this topic, I want to know, Liv, what's your voting skill? What was, what's your voting rank? Are you a plat voter? Um, I have you don't. voted enough to get to plat? <laughs> I don't subscribe to the ranking system. All right, John. What? Oh, so low. Uh, you're like bronze or something, unranked. Uh, John, what's your <laughs> ranking system for voting? Well, I, I subscribe to the uh, the mail and online service for absentee ballots. So okay. I'm, a, I'm a I'm a habitual gamer in the voting sphere. And that's really confusing. I I'm plat. I'm perfect at voting. I'm the okay. best voter there is. I went pro. Uh, I was discussing this as like structure, not how good I am. Um, the question was how good you are. Uh, yeah. Mediocre. What? That's not an answer. <laughs> you're, both, <laughs> you're both fired. Um, <laughs> I think that was my first video game, like going into the voting booth with my mom and getting to press the fun button that made a funny noise. That was a good one. If your mom knew that, she would really probably regret taking you to vote that day, I think. Yeah, I, I guess <laughs> in this in this structure, then uh, absentee ballot voting would be like casual play or story mode. Uh, it would be like it would actually be like no um, time limits, stadia. no pressure. The ballot isn't going to like spark and accidentally select Trump instead of Sanders or Clinton or whoever. You know, you're, you're not playing with any any of the hard modes of like voting in a in a GOP state. Um, so yeah, I, I want to say I, I play it usually pretty casual. <laughs> you're the mobile gamer. You just check in when you're needed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, uh, that's all very well and good. Um, and I think uh, I think Ubisoft's really going to make a big difference in uh, <laughs> politics and the way we understand voting to work. Yeah, I, I do want to say before we move on, though, that it's not just Ubisoft. Um, Activision also had um, a fun bit this week about how Call of Duty isn't political. Uh, this is a quote from Jacob Minkoff, the campaign ga- campaign gameplay director for the upcoming Call of Duty Modern Warfare. That's an extremely cool claim and yeah. provable and correct. The question, is this a political game, doesn't actually mean anything, because what does the word political mean? 
Wow. I don't know. Bro, I just got high for the first time in my dorm, and I'm really asking the serious questions about the world. Uh, Do we know what political means? Do we know what that word means? Yeah. Well, what does it mean? Define right, it. One sec. I actually made a tweet about this. And <laughs> I want to grab Define that. political right now. <laughs> Do it or I'll kill you. Don't use words like politics. I will kill you. <laughs> I like that meme a lot. Liv, can you define politics? No. Yeah, I can't. Uh, politics are the public systems and means by which a society translates its values into actions, and we fairly clearly define as political anything in a society that engages those values, actions, or those systems and means. Which means it's deeply boring. Can we just do the Call of Duty thing? No, because the Call of Duty is also deeply boring. Hmm. I don't know, man. All right. So the point is, I'm not feeling this, bro. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm. I'm. I'm all, I'm all full of piss and vinegar tonight, John. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> You're having a good time. It's I'm. Like I'm, I'm having a time. great time. I'm goofing <laughs> off. All right. So the the, the under, under all right. We'll start. We'll end this conversation then with the um, narrative oh. director saying that um, they could have set modern warfare and revolutionary America just as easily and not have changed any of its anything. About which would it. which would have been rad because it would have been a white phosphorus in. Uh, I'm thinking <laughs> revolutionary of, America. Yeah, I'm thinking of George Washington with a uh, M4 carbine. It's like, what would we do if our if our founding fathers committed constant war crimes in the modern sense? Very cool, very cool thoughts. Um, and not that, and uh, you know, just already already have some some really cool people who definitely are not problematic. The founding fathers. Um, I don't know. Like this is this is all making me think about games that are political and like games that I have played that I consider political and how. I don't know, like, most of the games I've played that are political, like Spec Ops or something like that, um, are, like, political in the most sort of, like, obvious kind of way. I like Spec Ops, but, like, mm-hmm. it is, I mean, you would you can't miss what it's trying to do. It's, yeah. it's like, as subtle as a heart attack. Well, you, the, you sort of need to not be subtle to get that point across to the user base that's playing it. Well, that's the problem, right? Where, like, if you're assuming the video games can be political, and you're also assuming that the user base is a bunch of, like, chuds um yeah <laughs> i i worry a lot about that consideration yeah well i mean the thing is that spec ops is political night in the woods is political every game that has been called political by one faction or another is, is political. political um and there's no way around that and i don't think it's something that games should necessarily run away from um but i know why they're running away from it and it's not because uh, these guys don't know what politics means or that they're stupid. It's because none of these guys wants to be the guy that gets a call from the C-suite about why he started a firestorm online um, about how, you know, this game has politics and we're trying to say deep things about uh, American foreign policy in the Middle East. Uh, and now he, the, uh, you know, vice president of whatever the fuck, whose dread eye hasn't fallen upon the studio since last Christmas, is poking around asking questions and making problems for everyone. And, probably, and, and you know, and has a very serious power to, you know, fire or transfer or demote these people and disrupt the work that's going on there. So I understand why they take the positions they take. I just think those positions are uh, on their face stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, let me ask this of you, of both of you. Do you wish games were more political? And let me say that in a way that you agree with. I'll, I'll, I'll put that out there. I don't think the question really makes sense. I mean, okay. given, given what political means, at least to me, 
Uh, I don't think you know you can you can make something more or less political, really. I mean, if, right. you, if you mean, if you mean didactic in its politics, yes, I mean sure. didactic, John. <laughs> Come on, um, yes, I mean didactic. Um, Liv, would you want games to be more didactic? If if you could uh, decree that somehow, would that be something that you would be interested in decreeing or no? I would. In, I would love to decree that, but they probably wouldn't be the games that I would play. I would love for mm. other people to have to play those games, but I'm already a good voter, so I, I don't have you said to you play were not them. A good voter. <laughs> I don't have to put a lot of work into it, so I haven't had to level it up very much. I was a natural born good voter. All right. Well, John, in all fairness to your point, it is true that everything is political, and this is something that has been uh, roundly forgotten by everyone who suddenly thinks that it's like real shocking that we lost all of our um all of our decency and now are mean in the age of trump or whatever so i think you are fair to point that out um it is not just uh the people in the world who don't understand (laughs) what what politics are that think that uh all of a sudden things are mean uh it's well-meaning people as well um so moving on uh wow we're through two of our things already um oh gosh that's crazy um, well, the final thing is Nintendo's cracking down on, um, uh, this is Nintendo cracking down on music. Is that correct? Yeah. I, I saw the, I saw the tweet about that. Um, someone who, uh, what was his name? Oh yeah. Gilva Sunner, um, who had a ton of stuff, like a bunch of like Zelda music and a bunch of Luigi's Mansion music. And I saw the stuff with Smash, um, had his account taken down. He's not, uh, he was, he was sent like, uh, like a ton of cease and desists. I think he said over a hundred. Yeah, and so now it's like, now it's like, okay, well, that's that's done now. Um, It's sad because I mean, this is like what I saw from uh, one of the people was they were saying like, you know, it would be great if uh, if if Nintendo cared enough to have uh, an alternative of some sort uh, wherein we could enjoy the uh, the music in these games some other way, but uh, they do not. Um, So. uh, I guess my question with this is, um, let me ask, Liv, let me ask you first, and then John, I want your opinion. Where do you fall on music IP? And I mean, understanding that IP in general is like not the coolest thing in the world. Uh, Mm. it's, it's not great. Um, but where do you fall on, on the idea of music IP? Like, do you think that it's something that Nintendo has the right to in our current system, uh, knocked down or are you are you you know irritated that this has come to uh pass and that you you think it should be something different mm. i mean i don't think that i have like a hard and fast rule on whether i think that stuff should be taken down if it you know mm-hmm. breaks some youtube rule i don't think that the musicians behind the music that was taken down from like this nintendo person like i don't think that those musicians are who's getting compensated for any clicks or whatever um you know like it's just nintendo protecting their brand it's not protecting any like musicians or yeah sure. artistry whatever i mean that's 100 um, percent correct yeah it's certainly not it's certainly not them saying like hey um there was a composer who wrote the the <laughs> opening theme to Luigi's Mansion, and you are you are robbing them of their precious precious money. We give them every time they every time someone buys Nintendo GameCube greatest hits and truly the best theme of all time. I think I would be okay saying that of Luigi of Luigi's Mansion. 
Oh, yeah. Really? That's a great theme. Okay. Millennium of Luigi continues. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't think I know the theme to Luigi's Mansion, so I'll have to go look that up after the we'll show. We'll take this as a, a learning opportunity. I love learning. <laughs> I love becoming better. Uh, well, are there times where you would uh, you would be okay with uh, DMCA in that case? Um, like, if it was if it was strictly if it was helping the the artist, would you be okay with that? Would that be something you'd be sympathetic to, or I would be sympathetic to it. Like if it, mm-hmm. it was like an independent artist and like someone re-uploaded their video and was making more money off of it than they were, then I don't think that that's great. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but like I don't think I. It's not nice that you're alluding to what I do to make my money that way. <laughs> I think that's I... uncool of you. <laughs> I um. But like, at what point does it become okay to repost someone's music? I don't know. We repost stuff that people do all the time. Like you repost TikToks to make like a funny tweet or something all the time. Sure. And it's you know, yeah. there's definitely some amount of content stealing that people are generally okay with. They know that it's not good to repost art if it's an artist trying to make money online. But like we repost art all the time and. In other terms so i don't think that there's like a a line to be drawn at like when it's okay and when it's not okay i think it's some amount of discretion <laughs> personal discretion is important. yeah i think that's probably true i mean there's like it's it I, I don't think anyone would bat an eye talking about you know uh posting a tiktok or something and and in fact tiktoks are made to share um yeah but even like you can the... do easily music within a tiktok that there's like these viral songs oh. on tiktoks and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, i don't think that anyone's like oh, these teenagers should have to pay rights to this music every time they want to make a tiktok with this meme song like i think teenagers uh, should be kept on a tighter leash <laughs> i don't know if you guys would agree no i hear what you're saying and this is i mean that's like that's like the the i think one of the places this gets so complicated is when people are mad about something like that or mad about like the way that the nintendo music is is being uh handled but then also are not sympathetic to say like um someone who's suing uh epic games because like it's their dance the floss was their dance and now all of a sudden it's like you can't actually uh use it without anyone saying oh that's from that's from the video game overwatch um and they're like why didn't i see any money from this um, I think that's like a, a fair series of questions that they have. Um, so yeah, no, I agree with you, John. What do you think about it? Do you think there's ever a time where it's defensible to uh, call in copyright law? I think there is. I mean, I think, but I agree that it is a very sliding scale, um, nebulous place for a lot of stuff. For instance, uh, I think I I have a very I want to say liberal, but allow uh, permissive view of. Um, free use for parody purposes or okay. you know you know as long as you are you have made a good faith effort to change something about the original work even if it's just uh, let's playing it by talking over it uh, i think that should be permitted what we're looking okay. at here isn't that what we're looking at here is the direct reposting of the original songs and but the problem with this is that i don't know anything about i don't know about the specific songs in question because i don't follow this really all that closely but Nintendo has, in the past at least, and in the in the present as well, has a history of not putting this stuff out there for legal purchase. Yeah, that um, seems to be a big issue. 
uh, they certainly don't have it like streaming. They certainly don't have it uh, available a la carte. Uh, Nintendo as a institution moves very slowly for this online stuff, and when it does move on this online stuff, it usually missteps three or four times uh, before <laughs> finding the right um, the right balance. Sure. If it finds the sure. right balance, yeah. so what we're looking at here is uh, presumably a bunch of music that can't be found by buying a soundtrack or something that you can only find by booting up maybe Smash Brothers and listening to the sound test. Um, which everyone loves to do. Yeah, and which everyone always has the access to do, right? Uh, even if they <laughs> legitimately own a copy of the game. So there isn't any legal vector to find these songs, but the season desists are happening anyway, so they're just, they just want to remove the content from the content ecosystem and not provide another way to get to it. And this is how Nintendo's always operated. Uh, they don't really care about making a archive of their games, their first-party games especially, available. Um, say nothing of the third-party games they don't even work with. Uh, outside, you know, outside of like weird stuff like those those mini NESs. Like if right. if that is the extent of your archival uh, attempts for legitimate <laughs> video game history, uh, and and then you crack down on the emulator sites. It, it's you know, uh, emulator sites whose code you then use to make these. Um, these NESs, because what's in those NESs isn't original hardware, obviously. It's it's an emulator. Right. Um, and I believe it's a public emulator. Like, they've gone in, they've looked at the code, and they found in the comments and in the headers and everything that those are publicly available emulators. Uh, with a couple Don't tell me they used Nesticle. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I mean, I think that there are places where copyright infringement is valid and useful. Usually I'd see that, see that in the context of punching up rather than punching down. Like if a political campaign starts using your song and you don't want them using your song and you never gave them permission to use their song, you should be able to make them stop using your your song. Um, and I believe, you know, and that's come up multiple times, especially with Republican campaigns taking songs from, uh, you know, left-wing or even center-left uh, moderate artists and using them as part of their campaign thing and, and not paying for them and not consulting with whether or not, not they were allowed to use them beforehand. So I think there are situations where DMCA and copyright stuff are a valid way to go. Uh, and in a technical narrow sense, this is a valid use of it, I think. But not providing a legal manner for people to get this content is really just shitty and stupid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, the other thing I would say is um, I don't think that there is much of a chance that Nintendo will ever succeed in getting this off the internet. Just like there's no chance yeah. that ROMs are going to be off the internet forever. Like, this is stuff that will eventually uh, just be on, like, you will be able to find it somewhere. Yeah. Like, it's not, it can't, it doesn't vanish. So... I don't know. Like it's it's a bummer, and I I feel badly that it is happening the way it is, but also I I truly cannot imagine that it will have any real lasting effect. Yeah, I mean it's it's like most of this stuff. It's uh, patching, you know, a very leaky dam, mainly to show your supervisor that the patches are being made. And then as soon as the supervisor at higher ups at Nintendo turn away, uh, you know the leaks start springing up again until someone starts paying attention. Then there's a couple people made examples of, and then the cycle starts continuing over again. Well, so I agree with all of that. I wanted to ask now, uh, favorite, favorite Nintendo track. Uh, it's something off Zelda. Um, okay. 
I might just be the, like the the Ocarina of Time theme. Um, I, I do really like the almost every one of the the, the Ocarina songs that they play in Ocarina of Time. Like the those those are all really cool, but they're also really short. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not they don't really have like the Bolero Fire is really cool, especially the one time you get to hear it uh, when you learn it. But most of the time it's just you know you, you just hit that little like repeated six notes and then you're, that's all yeah, you're left sure. with. Uh, so I'd probably have to go with the uh, with the modern Zelda theme or at least modern for when I was getting into it. Okay. Uh, mine's Wily Stage, uh, first Wily Stage, Mega Man 2. Liv, uh, your favorite theme is Luigi's Mansion. What's your favorite song? Hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, I like all the Ocarina of Time music. I Only Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. Just... Probably just like the Luigi's Mansion soundtrack overall is really good. Um, okay. And they do variations on the theme. Live a very big Luigi's Mansion. Oh, stand. I there's so much, so many good Donkey Kong songs. It's so oh, hard to true. pick like Donkey Kong Country songs. Or I always have to describe them though. I don't know the names of any of them. Well, our good friend Michael would know them. If that's I, probably true. Yeah. If I had to choose a second place track, it would probably be Big Blue from FX. Oh, that's a great uh, one. F Zero. F Zero X. <laughs> I would choose Big Blue probably from just F Zero. Yeah, I uh, I just uh, or or the Mute City theme. Mute City yeah, theme Mute is City so also. good. Um, yeah, Nintendo has good music. They should really try and uh, share it with people. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we got through the news really quick this week. Was there anything else you guys were excited to talk about? Yeah, I mean, like uh, this is. There's only one more time that we're gonna get to talk before WoW Classic comes out, and we talked a little bit about this on after dark but i feel like this is news that the um, that everyone can use yeah news that everyone can use the wow classic name reservations opened up this week um so if you already have a wow subscription um because wow classic is just bundled with your wow subscription which is i think pretty neat that some people might get back into seeing like what's available on retail wow um at the same time that they're checking out wow classic because they may be disappointed by wow classic <laughs> it may not Do you think uh, so? well i i think that if you played wow classic then you should kind of know what you're getting back into and i think that i don't know i think that people have talked about this enough over the years that wow uh, vanilla wow has such a it's a very nostalgic love for it. Like, I think people know. I don't think there's going to be too many people that are just like, wow, this, you know, this is horrible. I think that they know what they're getting into mostly. And most of the people that have been really interested in Vanilla WoW anyway have been playing it on private servers. So I think this will be good. And I hope that some of my friends come back for it. I think that that will happen, which is the exciting part of any new wow expansion yeah it's a big deal about mmos when your friends do come back and you you see people that you haven't seen in a while playing these games yeah um that's exciting i i for one am uh i don't know what what next video game i'm looking forward to seeing i'm uh well this (laughs) the problem with wow classic is it comes out three days before astral chain comes out which is what i'm actually uh, looking forward to yeah I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to Astral Chain way more than uh, WoW Classic, which is no slight against WoW Classic, or not meant to be anyway. Um, I realize that it absolutely is, and I'm sorry for that. But um, 
yeah, Astral Chain seems really cool, and I'm looking forward to playing that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Probably that's the next one I'm looking forward to. But at the same point, I'm behind on so many games, and now I'm trying to play a little bit of Final Fantasy XIV, and it's just a lot. Anodyne 2 came out this week, but that'll be the game I talk about on our on our discussion. It's a good it's a good time for games. Do you agree, uh, Nathan? John? Uh, yeah. I mean, if if I was gonna get into um, a subscription MMO, and I've said this before, my I would probably take on the hurdle of Final Fantasy XIV before I got into World of Warcraft because I, I just I missed the boat on World of Warcraft. Like I can I consciously decided not to play it my first two years of college and then it felt like I'd missed my chance like I couldn't jump in now it was too everyone was already had already been playing it for hundreds of hours and ruining their college careers and um, you know they spoke in a language I barely understood uh, about raids and shit so it, it feels like I missed the boat on that now I don't have the income stream to really afford a subscription uh, game service um, mm-hmm. sure so I, I've, I've lost that disposable uh, way that I could, you know, I could jump back in and play it. I think that eventually I kind of have to. It's like it's just like something I need to have played to be able to talk wow. about it. Yeah, um, just just to f- feel what that kind of video, what that MMO felt like back in those times, because I, I didn't really get into MMOs until like a couple of years ago, um, and then I got really out of them because I didn't like them at all. Um, well, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, it's always bothered me that I that I never at least got to. Uh, genuinely dislike World of Warcraft on its own merits. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll watch probably people play it and re- review footage and all that. Um, you're going to watch the WoW Classic streams. Yes, yes. That's what you're telling us. <laughs> I don't think that they'll be very exciting. I, I also doubt that. <laughs> but we'll will see. you watch Aves? Uh, the, the famous streamer AV, will you watch her the WoW <laughs> oh, Classic? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I can't okay. wait to debut some new uh, follower notifications, new subscriber notifications. I can't wait to show it's, every minute of my WoW Classic It's going to be great. It's going <laughs> to be great to see. We love to see it. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I will I will happily watch you. Well, you should stream uh, WoW Classic. I would absolutely watch it. Um, and, I, and I'm not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, so... What games have we been playing, folks? What what games have you guys been playing? I will go first this time. I have been playing. Um, I've been playing Anodyne Two. I, I never go first. I feel like I always make you guys go first, so I wanted to be nice about it. Um, I've been playing the new Anodyne Two, uh, which is fantastic. Um, it's very good. It is um, is the sequel to to Anodyne, uh, which was a top down sort of Zelda like uh, with like sort of an intellectual feel. And um, the the um, the update and the idea of a sequel is a little loose. It's on this week's No Cartridge too, so you can hear more about that there. But it's basically like half N sixty four looking game, half P like sort of PlayStation pixel graphics, and then half top down. And it is very fun. Um, so I would I would uh, recommend it. It's very good. Um, John, what have you been playing? Uh, I am once again back to playing uh, Hades from um, I know I always forget their name Super Giant Super yeah Super Giant Games um, which is an early access uh, I've talked about it like three or four times before on patch notes um, it's an early access uh, roguelike roguelite um, character action game where you play a prince of um, 
Hades' kid, um, a prince who is trying to uh, escape the Greek underworld. Um, okay. Uh, and it's it's finally getting to about completion. Um, they've they've put on the last level before you reach the surface. Uh, one oh, assumes nice. uh, they haven't really made it clear what the surface is going to be yet. Like if there's going to be a level up there, or if it's like going to be an abbreviated end game, or if you just win once you get up there all the way. And I haven't beaten the new content yet because it dropped like yesterday. Um, so I don't even know what happens at the end of this this new update. But it has the third area in um, sticks. Okay. Uh, the fourth area, actually. The, f- the third area they've added post-launch. Um, and they've changed up how the game works. It used to be that you, you ran through rooms, uh, procedurally generated rooms, um, fought all the enemies in a room, got a reward, moved on to the next one. Uh, how it works now is it's sort of like a hub. And it sticks where it's like a hub. You start in a main area, and you can choose which path you want to go down. And, oh. where, and you get a, a series of rooms, smaller rooms, with smaller fights. Uh, that end in a larger room with a big fight, and then you get your reward at the end. So you're getting fewer rewards, you're doing more fights. Um, the fights are a lot more dangerous. Uh, there's a there's a poison mechanic, which is hellacious. Um, and yeah, and your rewards... And, and, and I'm, and I'm not, still not sure quite what I'm supposed to be doing, because the conceit of sticks, the final level, is that Cerberus, who's like not just the guard dog, but is also like the puppy dog that this prince had as a child... Uh, is guarding the exit, and obviously you don't. None, neither of you want to fight each other. So I have to get him something, you know, to get get the dog something to make him, you know, lie down and go to sleep. Uh, and I'm still not sh- quite sure what that something's supposed to be. But I also haven't gotten through all of these hub spindles yet. Um, right. Uh, but yeah, it, the big problem with Hades, of course, is that it is an Epic Store exclusive. Um, so if you want to play it, you have to go into the Epic Game Store. Um, I, I'm I've made clear my position on the Epic Game Store before. I don't see it how it's that big of a deal besides the fact that the storefront itself is dog shit. Um, it's just not a good storefront. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, it's a great game. I love to play it. And if I have to use the Epic Game Launcher to play it, um, it's not like I'm paying more money. It's just a slight inconvenience. So I, I feel like I, I think that right now it's twenty four ninety nine. Um, I assume that once everything's... Uh, done. It's going to go up to thirty dollars, well, twenty nine ninety nine. Um, I would jump on it now. I think it's a fantastic game. Might be my game of the year. Might not. We'll see. Okay. Cool. Um, I need to play it. I'm. It's, it's on my list. Um, Liv, what have you been playing recently? I know because you said pre episode or in the in the up in the uh, lead up to the episode, it is not Overwatch. It's not Overwatch. I don't remember if I talked about this on After Dark or if we talked about it before After Dark. Um. But I've been playing Stardew Valley Co-op for the first time. I ah. got into a gamer hole this weekend and played played uh, a whole season of Stardew Valley in a night with my boyfriend. And it was amazing. Like, I already love Stardew Valley, but I, I quit it after I did a year in the game. Because, like, after winter rolled over into spring and I had to, like, start rebuilding everything I, I totally lost interest but now that I'm like making something with uh with someone and it's like a social experience it's so much more fun and he likes doing the stuff that I don't like doing which is very convenient it's very convenient whenever I can just go fishing all day and he can be a stay-at-home farmer because I don't actually like like planning out where the crops are and the sprinklers and all that stuff I don't it's nice how you're practicing um, <laughs> for eventual life together <laughs> we love to see that. 
Uh, well, I nice. should try a, a vegan playthrough of Stardew. Ooh, that's a fun playthrough. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that. I mean, it's almost, uh, aside from getting the eggs, you, you don't get meat in Stardew, do you? Well, you fish. Oh, well, yes, true. You do fish. get bug meat, and you have cows and other animals. I don't think you kill them. No, I don't think you do kill the cows. Mm. Um, as far as I recall, anyway. Yeah, I don't think they ever go into the, the slaughter <laughs> mechanics. <laughs> Strangely profoundly enough. fucked up if they did. Strangely enough, they are not interested in the slaughter mechanics. See, I think that's that's what they should do. I think that's where I think political stuff should come in. I think that <laughs> if people want to sell a cow, then they should have to know what happens. Just a, they... just a cute, pixelated abattoir. Yeah. <laughs> I truly don't think people think about factory farms enough and the reality of them, or I think they would eat a lot less meat. Or even family farms. I mean, it's not like they didn't grow... Like, back in the day, you didn't grow up around... Watch these animals grow up and then kill them and eat them. Um, but yeah, a factory farming um, Harvest Moon clone would be a great, great game. Uh, if, if just I conceptually. Think, I mean, to <laughs> I'm quote people that with, to yes. My... I mean, I'm it, changing... I don't know if it'd be great to play it, but <laughs> it'd be great to tell people. Can I say, like, would it be a great game? Good yeah, question. Changing great. my After Dark answer for what book I want to turn into a video game to the jungle. <laughs> Just a, and not a visual, not a visual novel either. Like a, no. a true, true, like this game will break your heart kind of game. <laughs> At least it'll um, produce some new socialists. That'll be. That'll yeah, if, if, if the jungle's really good for anything, it's producing socialists. <laughs> Definitely uh, has... Every time I, I have students read The Jungle, they say, now I'm a socialist. Or, this book was boring. Um, <laughs> one or the other. One or the other. Two it's genders. always one or the other. Um, well, yeah. No, I, I, I think that's great. I think... Um, I think Stardew is a wonderful game. I uh, I find it extremely relaxing to play. I, I, I very much enjoy it. Um, and I'm glad that you were getting a chance to revisit it on such great terms, Liv. Yeah, it's amazing. It's uh, I feel like this is how the game is supposed to be played. And it it truly is mind-blowing to me how how great the game is like how many small details in the game make it so good it's so much better than it had to be and i can't believe that it was able to integrate co-op so so beautifully can we say concerned ape come on no cartridge concerned ape thank you and come on no cartridge come on no cartridge concerned ape what are you doing <laughs> i probably like it probably shouldn't be mean i should chill out i'm not going to in, uh join in this bullying <laughs> come on Join in our bullying. I will not be bullied uh, into joining in the bullying. <laughs> this is a real catch-22. Uh, well, thank you both for being here. I know it was a slow news week, but I had fun with it. Um, I hope you did, too. And uh, people can find you at John Bernhard and at AV Club, respectively. Um, but uh, what else can people find you doing uh, these days? I'm still doing my, um, my video game reviews over at the site Goonhammer.com. Uh, this week I took a look back at uh, Dawn of War, the original Dawn of War. Uh, oh, fun. Uh, from 2004. And it's it's a lot more interesting, actually, once you're in the context of the transition from RTS games to MOBAs in that sort of market space. Because Dawn of War sort of straddles that line as we were moving from Defense of the Ancients 
to League of Legends, basically. Hmm. Okay. Um, so it's a cool. fun look at that. Nice. And Liv, people can find you at AV Club, and where else? Um, refreshing the page for the No Cartridge live event in New York City. <laughs> That's right. Please come <laughs> to my live event in New York City. Um, it, it, Liv likes to refresh the page, but nothing will happen if you do that. Um, but it is... Um, uh, if you Google caveat, uh, no cartridge, it will come up almost immediately, but I can also read you a, uh, a full, like, read you the way people love a full, um, uh, uh URL. Um, it is... Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, actually, just go to caveat NYC, um, and, and search, uh, you know, caveat NYC.com. Um, you can look at live events and the upcoming live events. We are uh, not too far down the road. Um, when you go on the page, it is No Cartridge Live, a conversation with Giant Bombs Alex Navarro. So I think it will be really fun. It's on Saturday, August 24th uh, at 7 p.m. Doors open at 6.30. Tickets are $12 in advance, 15 at the door. And um, I really hope to see you there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, thanks both of you for being here. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. Same time, same place. That's right. All right. Goodbye. Good night, everyone. Bye.